when we believe and demonstrate faith by acting on our belief in God's word, he takes over and guarantees the outcome. Therefore, God's word coming to pass is not just a promise, but an assurance and a guarantee he has made. The man of the world says, I will believe when I see it, and will not trust God until God proves himself to him. He says, let God do it first. But God says, if you believe, you will receive. What God says always comes to pass, no matter what, with us, without us, or in spite of us. Who I ask can stand against God. Welcome to this broadcast by the Godly Reflection Network USA titled, If Only You Believe and Have Faith. The message is divided into two parts. In part one, we state the three things it takes for the Word of God to benefit anyone. We address the connection and significant difference between belief and faith. In part two, I share with you some revealing information and give you three amazing facts about God's scientific track record to strengthen and grow your faith. The scriptures tell us in Psalm 119 verse 130, that the entrance of the word of God gives light and understanding to the simple. And in Romans 10.17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Today, open your heart to the Lord, give him your ear and attention, and let him speak to you by his word you are about to hear. The scriptures also tell us, the word of God is indeed spirit and life, and that if you hear it, receive it gladly in your heart. Believe it and mix it with faith, that is, act on it. It will surely benefit you. May it be so for you today, in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus. You are holy, merciful, and loving. You alone are God, and besides you, there is no other God. Thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. Grant me utterance and the listeners understanding. Cause this seed of your word, which is about to be planted in their hearts, to find fertile and receptive soil in them. Holy Spirit, take preeminence and subdue every contrary spirit keeping the people from hearing and believing the word of God. Bring the word alive with clarity and power and glorify Jesus in us. Thank you, Father, for granting my supplication as I have prayed in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you know me, or are familiar with me as a friend, a fellow Christian, relative, acquaintance, employee, boss, etc., and only see me through the lens of your familiarity, 
or hear me now only through the earpiece of the same familiarity. It may not be a good thing for you because of the familiar spirit you may have heard about and its devastating effects on faith revealed in Matthew 13, 54-58. So I urge you, purpose in your heart to exercise your free will now to make your heart receptive to the word of God you are about to hear. Receive it gladly in your heart and mix it with faith so that it will bear fruit in you and through you. The Bible tells us that the familiar spirit was the cause of the unbelief of the people in Jesus' hometown and what prevented him from doing great miracles there. The familiar spirit continues to keep most people who hear the word of God from believing it and mixing it with faith, that is, acting on it. Hebrews 4.2 makes clear that if we do not mix the word of God with faith, it shall not benefit us. For the word of God to benefit us, we must do three things. We must, one, hear it, two, believe it, and three, act on it. The importance of hearing God's word cannot be overstated. For as Romans 10.17 we mentioned earlier tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh my goodness! Only repetitive hearing of the word is required to obtain faith, not physical sight, the other senses, education, social status, good looks, or wealth. God has given everyone a measure of faith, so that by virtue of it, anyone who hears his word can believe and be saved. I said can be saved, not will be saved, because salvation requires each person to exercise their free will by choosing to be saved and acting on that choice. Although Jesus paid a price for our redemption that we could never pay, in John 3.16, he set the threshold for our salvation so low based it entirely on belief in him and made it so easy, so simple, and so free for all. The familiar spirit is indeed a devastating faith killer. It creates doubt, that is unbelief, which along with fear are the most effective weapons of the devil against us. Because of the familiar spirit, Jesus was unable to perform major miracles in his hometown, among his own people. It blinded them to who Jesus really was, caused them not to believe in him, killed their faith, and made them reject him as the Messiah. You may be saying to yourself, really? Well, that is exactly what happened. Let us turn to Mark 6, 2-6 and see the familiar spirit in action. 
It states, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this, which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. By preventing a person from believing God and his word and from having and demonstrating faith, the familiar spirit ensures that they are unable to interact with God. That is why it has such a devastating track record as a faith killer. Please pray after me. Heavenly Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you help me disconnect myself from the familiar spirit now. Cast it as far away from me as the east is from the west, so I can believe your word and receive from you all the benefits. Amen. Mark eleven twenty four states, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. At the start of this message, I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ and asked the Holy Spirit to take preeminence. I believe he has honored my supplication because of my faith, the evidence of which is my action of obedience in bringing this message of God's word to you in accordance with his will. There are two important parts to this message. One, belief. People have always believed in many things, idols, magic, witchcraft, science, technology. Many believe in their own strength, say they are self-made, and even boast of it. Two, faith. Faith is trusting and obeying God. As we saw earlier, we obtain faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But what does it really mean? To understand, we must look again at 1 Thessalonians 2.13, which states, It is the word of God that effectively works in them who believe. But after we obtain faith, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. It is God's word that works in us and transforms us. The transformation happens as we walk in the light of God's word. Therefore, I say to you, if it is the word of God that works, it must be the word of God that produces transformation and fruit, 
That is, the things of the Spirit and life in us and through us. Many people know of the Bible. Many have seen and or read it. But many do not believe it or in it. The truth is many who claim to be Christians do not really believe in the God of the Bible. There is a big difference between believing that God exists and actually believing in Him, which boils down to two things. One, whether you will obey God or not. And two, the extent to which you will obey Him. James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Demons know God exists, but their actions toward Him are not actions of submission, trust, and obedience, but of rebellion. Believing God exists is indispensable to faith, but by itself it is not enough. You must also accept God's ability and willingness to bring to pass His word and obey Him. In Christ, God made provision for our salvation, peace, deliverance, and healing, and we can have them if only we believe His word and have faith, that is, act on it. Proverbs 4.22 states, the words of God are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. And Isaiah 53, 5. Please, place your hand on your chest and say it after me. Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. Do you see how personal that is? Take a moment and let what Jesus has done for you sink into your spirit. To receive from God, we must act in accordance with his will revealed in his word and obey him. Say after me, Obedience is action. Action is trust. And trust is faith. Faith must always come before receiving from God. What really is belief and what is faith? The dictionary defines belief as trust, faith or confidence in someone or something. Faith is defined as complete trust or confidence, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. The first difference is that belief is trust and faith is complete trust. The next difference is that belief may require proof, but faith does not. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.6 shows how belief and faith are interwoven and states, Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, in other words, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligence involves effort, persistence, consistency, and sacrifice. God never rewards disobedience, ungodliness, or laziness. If you do not believe, You cannot have faith because belief and faith are inseparably linked. Belief is the foundation for all things spiritual, and faith is its elevation. Belief by itself is never enough and produces nothing because it has no associated action. Belief that is not acted upon is simply wishful thinking. But faith is obedient action. The power of God is obedience activated. The benefits or results of faith arise directly from God's response to it and nothing else. Let me give you a couple of practical illustrations about belief and faith. Do you believe regular exercise can produce health benefits for you? The obvious answer is yes. But at what point do you begin to receive the health benefits? When you just believe or when you actually act on your belief? Obviously, when you act, and do so diligently. That is, make the effort persistently, consistently, and sacrificially over time. The second example illustrates how belief and faith are inseparably linked as revealed in Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for He who comes to God must believe that he is, in other words, that he exists. Now, picture me holding a $20 U.S. note in my hand. It has two different and unique sides. Let us label one side belief and the other faith. For the money to have any value, both sides must be present. If one side is erased, the money becomes useless. So it is with belief and faith. If you do not believe, you cannot have faith, and you certainly cannot claim to have faith if you do not first believe, because belief is the foundation on which faith rests and which must be acted upon 
before results or benefits can be produced. I say to you, faith or obedient action is what God responds favorably to and therefore what produces results and benefits. Faith is obedient action applied to the foundation of belief. Now that we have established what belief and faith are, who should you believe in? What should you believe? Why should you believe? Join us for part two and the conclusion of the message where I share with you some revealing information from a live BBC debate. I will also give you three amazing facts about God's scientific track record to strengthen and grow your faith.